0: Bonjour. Hello. Welcome back to Transatlantic Confusion, the show where two best friends across the pond try and make sense of the world around them. <clears throat> Hi Camille, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing pretty great. Um I'm not in a food coma this time. Nice. I don't know if that's so nice. How are you, David?
0: <laughs> I'm doing okay. Um, just relaxing, doing enjoying the weekend as it were. Uh, we're gonna be honest, we are recording we're recording a lot today actually. We just finished doing our amazing Myanmar episode, which we're finishing mm-hmm. up with talking about the coup and like all of the interesting international reactions to that. And to like this time around, we are we're gonna have a little bit of fun, and we're just gonna like shoot the breeze and talk and relax.:
1: Yes, and teach you stuff.
0: Yes, I'm Jimicated in the ways of the French. <laughs> I hate myself. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay.
1: It's okay. It's kind of like if I just kept talking to you, just saying "howdy, boys" all the goddamn time. <laughs> if,
0: if how, how do how, do, how, do, how do people know that you don't do that? I could just I could create a rumor. Okay. Camille's favorite word is "howdy." She used "y'all" a lot when she was here in the states. <laughs> well,
1: the thing is, I don't know how to do like. People kept asking me if I could do an American accent, which I always thought was a dumb question because if I could, I would not sound French. <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? Like, if I could do an American accent when I speak English, you would not have to ask me this question because you would just think I'm a native speaker.
0: But, anyways,
1: sometimes <laughs> would be like, but can you try? And I'd just be like staring at them right in the eyes and say, howdy, y'all. <laughs> what the fuck was that that's that's the only thing I could think of that sounds American I don't know so there you go
0: it's okay I'm about that's okay I'm also going to um, expose myself by trying to show off my best French which I know is going to be god awful so
1: (gasps) please go ahead and people can hear the difference in our French not to show off but just so they know what a Parisian accent sounds like
0: I know, you with your Edith Piaf voice over here. Oh,
1: I don't have that same voice. We don't have to anymore. OK. Come on.
0: Welcome back to Transatlantic Confusion. I'm just kidding. See, I can't do the French accent when I'm not trying to speak French. It's so difficult for me, honestly.
1: It's funny because I can really like make it more pronounced in terms of my French accent. So, for example, if ever I was lost someplace, I wouldn't ask people for directions with my normal like English. I would just make it sound really bad and be like, uh, "Excusez moi, uh, excuse me, uh, can you please uh, tell me where I can find the nearest uh, bathroom because uh, I'm kind of I'm, I'm kind of a little bit lost." Oh
0: my god! it Thank is you. Like- merci. Did you ever see that YouTube series where it was the most popular girls in school, where they did like a stop motion show with Barbie dolls? And they have like a what? foreign exchange character. Yeah, yeah, I know. They have a foreign exchange student character from Montreal named Cezanne Marguerite. <laughs> and there is an exchange. Oh, there's an exchange where she's like, oh, hello, I just came back to my locale because I forgot. How do you say it, my... My book and like one of the mean girl characters, is like that's exactly how you say it, Cezanne Marguerite. Fucking book. <laughs> I had a rumor that you're not even from France. You're just from Montreal. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've never heard of this, but this sounds wonderful. Oh, it
0: is it is awful and amazing in all the best ways that the internet can be. So whenever um, I'm trying to be like a shitty French accent, it's just like I just came back for my say. That's exactly how you say that fucking sail on Marguerite <laughs>
1: <Fuck>. <laughs> but no, but I do have to say for all of our listeners actually we we poke fun at each other a lot, but but Devin actually you know is very interested in linguistics, and his French is actually quite good at some point while I was in the states, his French was better than mine, so
0: a fact, I will like... never let her live down. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he would just switch and start, like, speaking French to me. And I was like, I have suddenly forgotten my native tongue. Where am I? What am I doing?
0: Who is this
1: person? Who am I? (laughs) I
0: was just confused. Yeah. But how the Tory fells have tumbled. I need to practice my French really bad. (laughs) (laughs) Il faut une personne très fort a gouverner. La France et il y a beaucoup de présidents de français, beaucoup de présidents français qui n'en sont pas très forts comme le président courant le président courant Monsieur Emmanuel Macron.
1: Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to, I don't want to complain too much because I wasn't there, so I couldn't vote, so I feel like I have no say. But I know I was uh, in Europe
0: when you, when the election was happening. Yeah, I know. And you weren't. And I, I was, was like, I was giving what? you updates, it's like, oh, Camille, oh, she didn't win, oh, it's second round, and I was like, oh, I was like on the plane back from my study abroad trip, and following the news, and I was like, yes, he won, and on the plane, no one could give a fuck, like, I was sitting next to a French <laughs> person, and they were like, I don't care, and I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> no, they're
1: upholding the French reputation abroad, we don't care, unless... We're in a resort somewhere very far away from France and demand camembert and baguette and don't get it. Then we suddenly very much care <laughs> that I hate that about like, the, you know, there's this reputation that French people are the worst tourists. Um, you'll ask a lot of people that I work in not- resorts all over the world. And you'll ask them what's the worst tourist you've ever had. And they're always French.
0: Oh, my God. I feel so validated mm-hmm. because I'm American. So I thought it was always Americans who were worst. You know, I have... A... Oh, that doesn't mean you're much better. <laughs> no, we're not. But I feel very, very happy about the fact that when I was in Europe, specifically in, in Spain, everyone thought I was Canadian. <laughs> so, And it, it helped me because I also had to fly via Canada to get to Europe because it was just cheaper because I am a cheap bitch. Mm. Anyone who knows me will tell me that like, I am a cheap person and I, I don't mind that. So what I did was, is I took an Amtrak from, uh, where I live through up through Seattle, caught a bus, went up to Vancouver, Canada, and then took a plane from Vancouver international to Toronto, then to Madrid and then to Barcelona. So it worked for me and it was nice.
1: Yeah, no, but it's it's funny to me because it's happened to me where I've been abroad and I have encountered French tourists and suddenly I forgot all about my French citizenship. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, because I would just glare at them and be like, don't tell them you're French. Don't speak French to them. You will
0: just end up being mad and insulting them. <laughs> Don't do it. I mean, don't do it. it's it's so true, but it, it I, like I'm sorry, but it's true. Like I I have encountered some amazing Americans while I was traveling, and it was great, but it was also kind of mm-hmm. like they also knew <laughs> our reputation. And mind you, this was like spring 2017, the first year of the Trump presidency. Mm. So like everyone understood. I got so much pity. And it felt so nice. <laughs> it's like, oh. And I'm like, you're oh, German. God. Don't give me pity. Come on. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs>
1: no, actually, that's like the perfect reason. Because they could tell where this was going.
0: <laughs> Come on. Oh, not yet. There, but for the grace of God, go we. But, you know,
1: mm-hmm. I have this
0: theory. That the reason French people don't like Americans so much, like, stereotypically, you know, is because they recognize too much of their own character in Americans to gel with them. It's like when you meet another extrovert at a party and you don't gel well with them. It's kind of like, Mm -hmm. there are some significant differences, but... Americans and French people, as we both know, are very opinionated. They like their own way when they're not in their own situations. And like you said, they will let you know that they are French when or American when they're abroad.
1: Hmm. Yeah, but I don't know, though, because I actually haven't heard French people complain about Americans that much. What I hear most is French people mocking Americans
0: yeah that's kind of the same thing here too it's frustrating I think I don't think it's a controversial statement to say that our (laughs) our cultures can be a little xenophobic sometimes and that's a little okay please (laughs) our countries can be pretty xenophobic sometimes and sometimes Mm -hmm. it's coming from a good place and sometimes it's really not and it's one of those things that we get to make fun of because we've been on both ends of the spectrum (laughs) like we haven't made fun of people but we've been we've experienced criticism from both sides of people who are like you should respect your country more versus i don't like your country and i'm like i don't have control over either
1: (laughs) i don't know it's weird to me because when i was in the states people would like make fun of me not like in a bullying way but well it could have been my first year was pretty rough sorry yeah my first year in montana was pretty freaking rough though being a french woman there uh they had all sorts of cliche ideas uh, on who I was supposed to be, thanks to the media and movies. So, but otherwise, it was more like people being like, you know, oh, haha, you're French, haha, croissant, you know, <laughs> like that is not okay. Um, but then when I was in France visiting or something, people were like, oh, oh yeah, so you're back from the States, huh? Oh, you're going back to the States. Oh, this is just a visit. Oh, hmm. Well, that's weird. You're not like obese yet. And I'm like, What? No. No. I've had people be like I've had people be like, oh, you've gained some weight. Well, I guess that's what happens when you live in the States. But I thought it would be worse. And I'm like, excuse you. (laughs) So I've had I've had both. (laughs) It's awful. If I'm in the US, I'm too yeah, if I'm in the US, I'm too French to be there in a way. But if I'm in France, I'm the American. So it makes no sense.
0: I, I get I get that to a degree, but also I want to point out that you mm-hmm. don't just have French citizenship. Not to out you, but you are also cool. Belgian, so you do have that to fall back on. Well, yeah.
1: actually, I'm Belgian first. Yeah, I was naturalized French. This was a choice. <laughs> <laughs> like, choice. The point. <laughs> was a choice. Choices, was, was made, it was, was, Choices
0: were made, people. Choices <laughs> were made.
1: Yeah. Well, because. I was I was fourteen at the time, but the thing is, when I was born, uh, it was like a couple years after, um, the law of you know, if you're born in France, you're French. It was struck down, like it, it was stopped. Wait, really? Yeah, yeah, and like in the early '90s, I think. So when I was born, me being born in France did not make me French. Oh, I've I, heard of that. So I took actually- the nationality of my mother. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's this. Uh, so I was Belgian. It's this principle in international law called like jus sang, where it's like by right of blood, uh, or jus soli, mm-hmm. which is like by right of where you're born. And like I, I mm-hmm. do understand the, I do understand the point of being, of it being through who your parents are and what citizenship your parents were, especially if you live in a country and in a continent to where you can kind of live anywhere. So. It is, I guess, I I do see the point of that a little bit, you know, especially Mm -hmm. since it's, like, a huge topic of conversation here in the States about, well, I was born here. Were they born here? And it's kind of like, I wish that wasn't a thing.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, but as a result, like, I grew up being Belgian, and obviously within the European Union, like, you're fine.
0: No one, like, no one hates the Belgians Um, except the Belgians. (laughs)
1: No, the Belgians loved it. Well, no. The (laughs) Flemish hate the Walloons, and the Walloons hate the Flemish with a passion.
0: We always have.
1: I'm from Wallonia. It's still ongoing.
0: It is a miracle (laughs) that the Kingdom of Belgium still exists.
1: Yeah, I think it's because there's no other options. We love to hate each yeah. other.
0: <laughs> it's like a dysfunctional marriage. <laughs> I think
1: <laughs> Yeah, I think if I think if the if the Flemish and the Wallonians are actually separated, first of all, Belgium is such a small country. It would just be two tiny pieces of a country. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like
0: Belgium is not even the size of New like, Jersey for context, I guess.
1: Yeah. And like how are you gonna separate Brussels? Because that's the big thing. Brussels is part of the Flemish territory so the Wallonians would lose all sort of economy. But it's not, it's, though. It's, it's
0: like its own separate little bubble.
1: It, mm, yeah, but, yeah, but it's, it's not Wallonia But I also anymore, thought, I you yeah, that.
0: okay, because I also thought that Brussels was more of a French-speaking city.
1: Okay, now you have to be very careful with your
0: words, Devin. Okay, I know that there's a distinction between the French community, Wallonia Flemish and the Flemish speaking community. But I thought linguistically, most people in Brussels spoke French on the day-to-day basis. Am I wrong?
1: Now, here's here's the thing. Actually, in Belgium, we have three national languages. So it's <clears throat> Flemish first, French second, German third. Mm. It used to be French, Flemish, German. Mm. But then. The Flemish took over, so now it's Flemish,
0: French. German. And Flemish is a dialect of um, Dutch, right? Yeah, it's not its own separate language, but it is like its own thing. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. I honestly, I don't speak Dutch nor Flemish, so I don't know. But my mom speaks Flemish, and she can speak Dutch. Yeah, you know, she can speak I'm to Dutch people; it up. they completely understand I'm each look other. It up
0: because now I'm curious.
1: Um, yeah. But basically, I think if you say like, oh, but this one region is French-speaking, the thing is all of Belgium is technically French-speaking to an extent. Mm. It's just that Wallonia is a dialect and Flemish is maybe a dialect of Dutch, but you can still understand. So I don't think it's about linguistics. I think it's more like it's all a matter of the economy. Oh,
0: okay. So I looked it up and I I fact-checked myself. Mm -hmm. So Flemish is... Is Dutch. It is just the Dutch spoken mm-hmm. in the region of Flanders in Belgium. So mm-hmm. people who are from yeah. the region call it Flemish, but it is linguistically the same as the Dutch spoken mm-hmm. in the Netherlands. Yeah, it's just like yeah. variations.
1: Yeah. So like, what happened in Belgium was the Bolonians kind of had control of the economy and stuff for a long time, and they were constantly putting down. The famish, um, like I have this story about my grandpa who used to work in a steel factory, uh, which was a very tough job at the time. And, um, you know, Belgian steel is reputed to be amazing, which it really I haven't was. I that, have that's and, cool. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And well, there's a reason you haven't no. <laughs> heard about it. But basically, yeah, in, in the factories at the time in Bologna, Now, to give it some context, it was around the 50s and 60s. It was in a tiny, tiny town in Belgium. Okay? But there was one Flemish man in that factory and they did not call him by his name. They simply called him the Flemish. Oh. Okay. So an entire generation of Flemish people grew up with that animosity, which I totally understand. Uh. And then the Wallonians sold all their factories of Belgian steel to China and it was exported all over the place. So they've lost their economy power, if you want, Mm -hmm. you know, and then Brussels expanded and grew and stuff. And basically now economically, I think the Flemish actually have all the power, meaning the Wallonians are kind of at their mercy. See, it's a constant tug of war um, (laughs) in between the two. It's kind of like the Flemish took their revenge on the Wallonians for everything they put their gotcha. parents through. I mean,
0: I guess that makes sense because mm-hmm. the region that is today, Belgium, it's always kind of been like a borderland between different regions and like cultural zones of mm-hmm. Europe. Because like you have France on one side, yeah. you have Germany, and then you have the low countries and the Dutch who have always just kind of been like a tug of war and kind of like you're mine now. No, you're mine. And half of it floods and then half of it's rebuilt. Yeah. So. <clears throat>
1: Yeah, well, and also, we were constantly invaded. Yeah, I was going <laughs> like, to say. The Dutch invaded. So that's how we got the Flemish, because the Dutch invaded Belgium for a long time. And then the Germans invaded Belgium for a oh, long time. God. And the French also. Some people some people think that, like, Bologna is a part of France, which really upsets us. Like, we're not. We're our own country. Yeah. We have a king. Like, come on. Yeah. Um. So... I don't know. That's why if ever Belgium did separate, I have no idea what would happen because like.
0: It's also yeah. interesting because Brussels is like the capital of Belgium. Brussels is basically the capital of Europe. Yeah. So that's fun.
1: Yeah. They have a parliament there.
0: We I said think. we were going to do a lighter episode. <laughs> this is just, no, <laughs> this you... is how we talk people.
1: I'm glad. <laughs> I'm... No, but I'm glad I can teach people about Belgium because when I was in Montana at the university, I went to get my passport pictures Mm -hmm. taken uh, at the student center over there. And um, this one wonderful person obviously had to ask me what country Mm -hmm. it was for. And I said, it's for Belgium. And she was like, oh, my God, that's so great. Like, where is that in France? And I was like, excuse you.
0: (laughs) That's something I have. a." And I had to
1: teach. Yeah. I had to teach this college student that. Belgium is not in France.
0: I have a lot of complaints about my education, but the fact that I actually know geography is not one of them, and I have no idea how it happened, but I can tell people where things are at, and it makes it makes my view of the world so much easier, and it's not that hard. But, like, the amount of people who I have met who are not from the U.S., and I, t- and I say, oh, I know exactly where that is. It's, like, here. And people are like, oh, my God, you're so smart. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I owned a globe. <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah just a little bit of curiosity will get you a long way it's like when people ask um Mm -hmm. so like mexico and canada are part of the u.s right and i'm like no (gasps) no (laughs) honey no oh my god sweet summer child but i do know (laughs) that basically the name belgium comes from latin and it has the same meaning as the netherlands it's just a different part of the netherlands that then became its own country. So I think that's interesting.
1: Yeah. No, Belgians, Belgians are great. Their food mm-hmm. is good. They have a great attitude. They're always very welcoming. Are as you far just as talking I about know, yourself? Except in some parts. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm actually talking about my own experiences in Belgium. Because the thing is, I'm Belgian, but I've never lived there. I used to go visit family. But like... I've never lived there, so all I know is every time I went, Belgians were always mm-hmm. so friendly, and their food was always really good, and they have beautiful like sightseeing. You know, like there's a bunch of stuff to see in Belgium. Is it gonna rain? Probably. You could go in July. July is cool. The twenty first of July is our Independence Day. So have you, you noticed the party over Have there. you
0: noticed that a lot of countries celebrate their independence or like their nationality in July or like in summer?
1: Yeah. Do you want to know a sad story? I mean,
0: how sad? (laughs) Like, (laughs) (laughs) no, it's not
1: that sad. No, it's not that sad. I I took an American friend backpacking back in 2015. We went backpacking throughout uh, Western Europe. It was great. It was for her high school graduation, and so she had never left the states okay so it was great so i took her we went to spain to see a friend of mine then we went to france then the uk then belgium then back to france oh, it wow. Six weeks. it was awesome yeah and every time we stayed with people so you know it wasn't like unsafe because i was really scared about that um but anyways so we went to france and we actually celebrated so i think we were in the states when the 4th of july happened then we went to france and up there on the 14th of july then went to the UK, then went to Belgium, and was we were there for the 21st of July. So we did like three Independence Day, each you know in its country, which was awesome. Then we get to Germany. Yeah, that's right, we also went to Germany. So we get to Germany and I asked my German friend who was hosting us, was so nice of her. Um, I was like, oh my God, so you know, it's so funny. Like, we just celebrated like three Independence Day and every time in the country of the Independence Day. Um, So, like, it would be so funny if we were here also at the same time as the German Independence Day. And she was like, we don't have one of those. And I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, Camille, we don't have one of those.
0: Well, it's one of those things where, like, Germany didn't become independent from anyone. It just kind of coalesced together. And then I guess if you really want to celebrate independence from anything, you don't really want to pay attention to it, I guess. You know?
1: Yeah, because I guess what she told me was, like... We ha- basically. I'm sorry uh, if you're German listening to this. She might have been wrong. I have no clue. But what she told me was, we have no reason to be proud of our country enough to have a day about it. That is a very
0: German. That is a very German thing. But it's like, okay, German people are proud mm-hmm. of being German, but they're not like they have very good reason not to like be nationalist about it. And I think that's like very ingrained into modern yeah. German identity. <clears throat> But I'm taking yeah, a look. but
1: honestly, I felt really dumb because I had never thought about it. Well, it's also it.
0: kind of like how the UK doesn't have a national holiday because most people celebrate their independence from the UK, and even then, it's like <laughs> it's like four separate countries, yeah. and like they have their different Saint days. But it's also kind of like, what are you going to celebrate? Are you going to celebrate like England and Scotland uniting because that happened in May? But it's also kind of like it leaves out Wales and it also leaves out Northern Ireland, so. Mm. also leaves
1: out the fact that most of these places also want to be independent to some
0: degree yeah but then but then i guess also Mm. kind of like i guess the queen's birthday and like royal events are the closest to national holidays which i guess is good enough
1: because that's like Mm. the main
0: unifying thing across the country um i did look it up yeah it doesn't look like there is like a national holiday. There are, like, a lot of main events. So, like, Germany was unified as the German Empire in January of 1871. The monarchy was abolished on November 9th, 1918. Um, <clears throat> the, the Third Reich fell in May of 1945. The East-West Division ended on October third, nineteen ninety, which I guess might be a national holiday, like reunification day, but I don't think it's like celebrated as much. Hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> but then also I guess like France doesn't really have an independence day. They have like a they have like Republic Day or like Bastille Day, right?
1: Yeah. The- kill the monarchy. Well, isn't it like
0: officially like Fete de la République or something like that? Or, like, uh, like, do you actually call it Bastille Day?
1: Uh, no, no, that's
0: that's the, that's the English Oh, okay. That. I just fact-checked myself I and think. we were wrong.
1: I like when you do that, because then I don't have to do anything.
0: (laughs) To commemorate the day that marks the official unification of East and West Germany, the 3rd of October has since been the official German national holiday, called the Day of German Unity, or Tag der Deutschen Einheit. Hmm. I don't speak German. I tried. I really did try when I was little.
1: Oh my god, I tried for nine years. Hmm. It never stuck. But yeah, apparently
0: there is a German Hmm. national holiday, and I guess of all things for Germans to celebrate, like two halves of their country coming back together is not the worst thing to celebrate.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm looking at the 14th of July. It's just called the 14th <laughs> of July. We just call it like c'est le 14 juillet. You don't I mean, even call it Bastille Day? C'est la fête nationale. No, why would we call it Bastille Day? Well, we that's what, what it everyone else for. calls it. Well, I think the people celebrating it should get to decide. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm so sorry. We're not gonna follow what America says about our national holiday. I'm kidding. It's just (laughs) no, (laughs) no. It's because we are like c'est la République française, mais uh, c'est la fête nationale, quoi. Yeah, and we have like military parades, of course, and then they go on this tomb of the unknown soldier and all of that. We have big fireworks and everybody's on the Champs-Élysées, blah, 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 blah. But it's to celebrate a bunch of stuff, but it's mainly to celebrate, yeah, the taking of the Bastille, stealing all the weapons, taking over the monarchy. So I did actually
0: watch a historical thing about that. Like, apparently, in terms of, like, the actual scope of the French Revolution, taking the Bastille was not even that big of a deal. Like, there weren't really even that many prisoners, and there wasn't Mm -hmm. even that many weapons. It just kind of became important later. Yeah, pretty much. You know who I blame for that? I blame Napoleon. Yeah. Because you can blame Napoleon for anything.
1: You sound like a British person. You're the ones who started this whole rumor that he was short. Okay, well, the thing about that is,
0: it's like he was short according to how British people measured inches because the French inch was slightly longer than the British inch.
1: No, 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 no. They did this whole propaganda thing on how Napoleon was short and had this inferior complex when actually it's been proven by historians. That he was above average height for what was considered average oh, height okay. at the time. The British were just jealous. We still have his body in a tomb. I've visited it a couple times. Are you saying that you it can't is. go and
0: visit British leaders in tombs? Like that's like what half of London is. It's just special no. tombs.
1: No, I'm saying, I'm saying if we have to check his height again by measuring we
0: his coffin, <laughs> You
1: just have to open it
0: up. I don't think. I don't think that's going to
1: work. <laughs> no, this. His coffin is like ten times the size of a normal one, and it's all in marble or something. Mm. But like, have you ever seen pictures of Napoleon's tomb? I have. It's an entire it's building. Kind of over the top, <laughs> but it's beautiful. But it I'm is. Gonna yeah, be yeah, honest, it bit, I'm going yeah, to be honest, and I'm not trying to be offensive.
0: I'd rather visit Westminster Abbey than Napoleon's tomb. There's just more to see there, I guess. <laughs>
1: okay, fine. But did you know it wasn't? Wasn't just it his in the tomb. Pantheon?
0: The Pantheon, I, I thought so. Not like the one in Italy, but like like French have their own like Pantheon where they inter national heroes and everything like that. <clears throat> yeah,
1: but he's in the he's in the hmm, okay, yeah, which is the Army Museum. That makes it's sense. The, yeah, um, but we also have there's a few mausoleums and graves around his, like actual like. I mean, it's beautiful statues and stuff. Um, there is um, Vauban, who I think was an archetype, Napoleon II, Joseph et Jérôme mm. Bonaparte, a couple generals, and the famous marshals uh, Foch and Lioté. I think for Le Maréchal Foch, if I remember well, his, um, his tomb is like all these soldiers carrying
0: his... Oh, yeah, because he guess, led France during World yeah. War I.
1: Yeah, I know. We're putting you on the spot. I, I do remember, remember about
0: says. Field Marshal Philippe Pétain, but mostly because of what he did after World War One. Oh please, please. Sorry, sorry, yeah. French listeners. Um, <clears throat> but you know what I really have beef beef with in France, and I was watching a movie the other day. Like, you know what movie I'm talking about? Do they really call it a royale with cheese, or is that just some bullshit that? <laughs> uh, what's his name? Oh, I forgot his name. Are you done? Not about John Travolta. Travolta. Uh, who is the. Yes, I, I, I am so ashamed that I forgot that name, but I also kind of like, I don't think I have a good opinion of Quentin Tarantino because he's just. I'm not sure where I've <laughs> I just.
1: I just. Okay, Pulp Fiction, I didn't understand shit. And I watched it a couple I'm going to
0: it's, it's not sure a very compelling happens. movie. It's just kind of brash in my opinion. Yeah, so
1: I, okay, I've always been curious about the Quarter Pounder with cheese, especially I, after I had a Quarter Pounder with cheese just, because, like, it's it is, a goddamn good burger. burger. So it's so good. So I used to eat it all the time when I was in the States. And then I remembered this whole, like... How do they call a quarter pounder oh, with yeah, A royal, royal with cheese, or whatever. And I was like, I don't think I've ever seen that on the menu of a McDonald's. Oh, so gosh. I did some research.
0: Okay, let me have First it. First of all,
1: let me blow your mind. I went on the actual McDonald's burger,
0: straight to the source,
1: <laughs> and I am straight to the source. And I went to their products. And I would just like to give a disclaimer. I am not actually translating this okay. into English, okay? So we have the chicken avocado, the chicken avocado bacon, the cheddar and smoky bacon, the beef barbecue, the Big Mac, recognize that one, the mac chicken, the filet fish, the mac fish, the hamburger, the cheeseburger. Le double cheese, le triple cheeseburger, le triple cheeseburger bacon, et les chicken nuggets. Et attention, le Mac wrap. Do we have
0: wraps there still?
1: <laughs> et attention, attention, je crois, I think, somewhere is le McWrap. You're nuggets. kidding me. No. <laughs> I'm not. No. <laughs> I've seen the ads for it. I've seen the ads for it. I don't know if it's still a thing, are you but at some me? point. Are you kidding me? Are you
0: kidding me? It's <laughs> l- hamburger. I would like to buy a hamburger. Lamburger <laughs> Like from Pink Panther. I I yeah, am, like- I'm like angry about that for some reason. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Like they just the Mac chicken I- like <laughs>
1: Le mac chicken, Yeah, what do you have against this? Le mac chicken. Like, pff, why would we translate that? We also have le McMacino, oh egg and cheese.
0: And that's exactly how you order it? Le petit God.
1: Yeah. On a les frites, but also les you know, deluxe potatoes. I... Hey, <laughs> wait for it. the donut. And oh my le petit shake. No. <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> but here's the thing though oh, i did gosh. even more research after this so yeah so pulp fiction is i don't know according to reddit it's taking place in 1982 okay. um turns out the mcdonald's menu so in 1972 is when the quarter pounder with cheese was introduced okay and i think that means worldwide and It is true that in France at the time, it was called a royal cheese. So they were actually right. But nowadays, it doesn't appear on any menu that I've ever seen. And I've been alive for a while and going to
0: McDonald's for a while. Yeah, much longer than I have. So I trust your judgment. (laughs) (laughs) So the royal cheese was a thing. But it's now no longer a thing.
1: And if it was still a thing, according to this McDonald's menu I just read, it would very probably just be called Le Quarter Pounder. <laughs> oh,
0: thanks. I hate it. <laughs> you know what? Oh my god. So there um, you go. That reminds me of a few that things. I neat. had McDonald's quite a bit when I was in Spain, and I have to say I absolutely loved it. But do you know how much of a like a, a cognitive dissonance it was to buy like Macarons or macarons from a McDonald's, and they were actually okay. They were actually good. Macarons?
1: No, 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 no. How do you know they were good? How do you know they were good? How do you how how are you certain that they were good? Have you ever had macarons from France, from the macaron region of France?
0: Camille, don't do that to me. <laughs> Don't. There is not a macaron region of France, and I know that.
1: Of course, there's that that pause where you're just no, looking at not me serious. like, "Is she serious?"
0: <laughs> because I went to a bougie bakery in Barcelona that like oh. made a point of being like, "It's authentic French bestries. and <laughs> I had one. It was overpriced. It was hmm. not that good, and it was the same, if not. Slightly better when I got it from McDonald's. So you know what? There you go. There's my controversial hot take. But anyway, you know what I think is a crock of shit. (laughs) If I can say that. (laughs) Oh my! I know that was that took a turn. The same thing with McDonald's. It It pisses me off that there is such a thing called a double quarter pounder when that is just a fucking half pound. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) A double quarter pounder. That's more work to say more. And it's just like. (laughs) But also. (laughs) Like you just feel that bad ordering a half pounder. Like Like that sounds gross.
1: (laughs) No. Like uh, it's just that like if. If I order a double quarter pounder. I sound like a badass. If I order a half pounder. I sound weird. (gasps) Hey, hey, babe! What do you want to eat at McDonald's? Oh, I don't know. I think I
0: like wait, him wait, like wait, a wait, half wait, me pounder. Me. Well, it could be one sec. You could say half pounder, but since you're in the sensible part of the world, I would like a point two two kilogram burger, please. <laughs> like I would like 0.22 uh, <laughs> de kilogram. I don't know how to say it. <laughs> no, you just
1: say. Oui bonjour uh, ouais alors en fait uh, est-ce que je pourrais s'il vous plaît avoir uh, le 250 grammes <laughs> burger s'il vous plaît ouais merci uh, bonne journée ouais. salut <laughs> there you go wow you know my you're welcome my for partner this said something that Paris. I think is more and more
0: true <laughs> I think Paris is just the New York of Europe no one wants to be there but no one will take any shit about not coming from there And it's like they don't like themselves, they don't like being there, they don't like other people, but like if you shit on it, people are like Mais c'est Paris et Paris C'est Paris
1: You know, I think it's kind of like when you have a sibling, which I don't, so I have no idea. But I've heard that like you know people will say, um, like I can make fun of my sibling, but if you do, I'll beat you up. I mean, fair,
0: but it's also kind of like, don't most people who live in Paris, aren't they like not from Paris? They just move there because they think it's the best thing to do. Like most New Yorkers.
1: (laughs) No, it's usually, no, it's usually Mm. like a matter of uh, finding a work or like, you know, it's still considered like the big city. (laughs) So for people who want to study music or art and Mm. like acting or ballet theater that kind of stuff Uh, Paris is where we have all the operas and all of these historical places where you can go and Mm. study like the conservatoire and all of that so it makes sense but I don't know I come from like the outer regions you know outside of Paris but not that far away from it and we should also make a point of saying that you technically are
0: Parisian
1: (laughs) yeah because I Mm. work in Paris like all the time So it kind of feels like, you know, in a matter of 20 minutes, I do feel like it's one of
0: those things where it's like, so I think Paris and a lot of cities around the world are more fun to visit than to live in. And I don't think people who have the ability to visit them recognize that. Like Paris is a beautiful, amazing city, but like if you live and work there, it's, yeah, it's pretty, but it's still just a city, you know?
1: It's also not that pretty. I don't know why people keep calling it pretty. The subway stinks. Uh, People spit everywhere. The sidewalks are dirty. There's dog shit all over the place. Garbage. It stinks. Did I say it stinks? Yeah, Yeah, it stinks. (laughs) So it's just like, historically, it's beautiful. The architecture is beautiful. There's Sometimes I'm walking in the streets, and I walk past a really old building, and that's really pretty. Like, I stop, and I'm like, ooh, wow, okay. Like... I won't get used to that anytime soon. But like, I don't know, for like female bodied folks, it's that. also pretty dangerous, honestly. And yeah, so you always have to be careful and stuff. And with the lockdown, for example, I have a coworker who's lived in Paris for a long time. And um he doesn't come from Paris either, but he's been there for, like, ever. And his apartment, he has to have, like, two or three roommates, even though he's in his <laughs> mid-30s. Wow. Because it's so goddamn expensive.
0: So it is, like, And York.
1: he told me, like, with the lockdowns, yeah, and he was like, you know, with the lockdown and everything closing, you realize that it's no use living in Paris if there's nothing opened. Like, if the bars and restaurants and cinemas and theaters are closed... What's the point of living See, in Paris? See the same exact thing has been happening with a lot
0: of major American cities, especially New York City, where people where people are mm-hmm. like, well, like all the charm and benefit of living in this beautiful city is non existent, especially if my job is gonna transition to me working from home anyway. I can move I can move to like out, I can move to like South Jersey and like have a, like a larger home and everything. <clears throat>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we've been saying the same. A lot of Parisians have been moving to the countryside uh, because for the same rent that they pay in Paris to have a non-existent balcony and three roommates um, and no real personal space because like the walls are so thin in these old buildings, uh, they can actually buy a small house or rent a small house in the countryside and have nice, like, a small garden honestly. and stuff. So that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I, I guess thank you for both illuminating the benefits of Paris, but also kind of like, I guess I don't want to live in Paris anymore, and I guess that's okay. But I do want to say this has actually been a really fun episode to record. We hope that anyone who's listening to it um, enjoyed mm-hmm. it. We did try and this is honestly what me and Camille sound like when we don't have like a topic to talk about. We we go all over the place. And we're planning on kind of having some more of these type of relaxed episodes going forward. So again, if you do want us to talk about something or you have questions about the differences between living in the US of A to living in France, we of course can take questions and we are interested in anything that you want to learn about. So follow us on Instagram at Podcast Transatlantic. Send us a DM and we can look into doing that from there. Also, um, you can follow us on our personal socials. I'm on Twitter at devmoncada, D-E-V underscore M-O-N-C-A-D-A. And where can they find you, Camille?
1: Well, they can find me on Instagram um, at confused underscore Camille. And also, I would really love it um, if you could leave a oh, simple yeah. review. Because I don't know how they work but I would love to have your feedback. So if you don't want to DM us on Instagram, but you have access to Apple. Yeah, of course, don't feel obliged. Feel
0: but if you do listen to us through Apple Podcasts and you do want to leave us a review, that would be great as well. We are definitely open to open to feedback and we hope you enjoy it.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Also, don't ask me to give you any recipes of french stuff like croissants and all that <laughs> the cook here is devin i don't know okay mm-hmm. i don't even know how to cook an egg most times so yeah all right but thank you folks so much for listening and um i hope you have a great day and a great week talk to you Devin, you soon, i will a talk to you soon all righty à bientôt salut bye bye